Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about money. So Money. Until then. Yes, we'd like to also, as we do every broadcast, <coughs> um, bring people up to date with the Mayan calendar. And today in Mayan is... Nine Lamot. Lamot is the tribe of the artist, and the tone nine is an introspective tone. So maybe looking inside and finding your inner artist. Yeah, I false in order to beautify, recognizing art. I steal the I steal <laughs> the store of elegance with the solar tone of intuition, intention. I'm guided by the power of flowering, which was very popular about four decades ago, <coughs> five now. Time flies when you're oh my evolving, doesn't it? And who would have thought 2011? So only a year to go, and then we can all retire, right? Eh? Mm -hmm. That's what actually is going to happen. We're all going to give up money. Nobody's going to trade money for anything. Everybody's going to do what it is they would love to do. This is the end of 2012. It's the end of slavery on our planet. Well, you know that just the expression retire means that you take old used tires and you retire them. Mm -hmm. You put new tread on them for the next lifespan of the, the tires. So retire doesn't mean stop and give up. It really means now it's time to do something new. Yes. And I think that the idea that we're retiring and that means you're put, being put out to pasture really changes the quality of our life after retirement. But now, this idea of money. It's yeah. been a while since we've talked about it, and I think now is a good time, because everywhere you turn, you're hearing, uh, and this, this I'm quoting, so I'm not projecting this out into the world, but everybody, a lot of people are saying, in this economy, quote, unquote. Oh, yeah. Now, what, what has happened is the idea that there isn't enough money has created the illusion of not having enough money. There's still the same amount of energy in the universe as there always has been, energy in all forms. Money is just one representation of energy, just like love, just like freedom, just like time. And we tie the word wealth to money. And so therefore, the only way we can feel wealthy or full or satisfied or any of these other descriptive words is to have money. Whereas if you expand your definition of wealth to be enough feeling the, the satisfaction of having enough, just a sense of satisfaction. The thing is, is having more money doesn't always bring a sense of satisfaction. I have noticed opposite. and observed in people just by our beliefs about money that it actually does do the opposite and makes them even more hungry for more wealth, as can be evidenced by a lot of the wealthy people in our world today. So I would just put this out as a game or an exercise for everyone to look at all the other things in your life that you could tie the word wealthy to. Maybe you're wealthy in time. Maybe you're wealthy in friends. Maybe you're wealthy in alone time. Maybe you're wealthy in sleep. What are you wealthy in? And another aspect of money that nobody quite comprehends is uh, the idea of value. Money is supposed to be, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not actually. It is in fact the opposite. The more money you have, the less valuable everything is to you, including other human beings. The more money you have, the less value everything has. If a uh, homeless person found a uh, legible but beat up paperback, 
that would be a great treasure. They would read it. Whereas if a wealthy man buys 25 first editions of whoever that was, doesn't even read them necessarily, puts them on the shelf like some kind of trophy, but they're really, they have no real value. Exactly, yeah, so. because this idea of having these objects, what people are really looking for is safety. <clears throat> so having 25 books on the shelf, that person then becomes safe uh, uh, from the idea of not having enough to read. But it doesn't really bring the safety. Um, yeah, so uh, another concept I'd like to introduce is that money and slavery are synonyms. Now, there's uh, all kinds of guilt tied up in this. And in other words, you have, um, if you have not enough money, you're guilty for not having enough money. If you have just enough money, you're guilty for not having more than enough money. If you have more than enough money, you're guilty for not having a huge amount of money. And if you have a huge amount of money, you're guilty just in general because how else did you get that much money? Etc. So money and guilt are virtually synonymous. So those of us that came to this planet with the higher frequency, at least at the beginning of the incarnation, do not particularly attract money because it's very apparent, the uh, poster child of it is very much the corruption that exists on our planet. So any of the more evolved planets, the first thing that happens in a truly evolved planet and something else that will happen in 2012 or shortly thereafter is to cease trading money. If the, um, on the advanced planets, you cannot have money and have an advanced civilization at the same time because the money thoroughly prevents things from happening. In other words, uh, if the child wanted to go to college, okay, then the wealthy child could go to a particular college that would have a greater status than the a state school, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the true potential of all of us doesn't get developed because of money. Whereas if you desire to go to the school and you go, high school, I'd like to come here and, and study with you guys. And they'd say, all right, well, we have to know if you're going to you know, be able to study with us. So fill out this stuff and let us see what so you do. So it's based on money rather than talent. Yeah, it has to be based on talent, not money. Yes. The way it is now, it's based on money, not talent. Yes. And that is keeping us from the advanced civilization. So since our planet is moving into the great golden age of the human race, again, what's going to happen in 2012, the true golden age of the human race, we've got all the marbles, all we have to do is organize them now, then money really does have to go away after 2012. <coughs> Well, I think money will never go away until we do address the idea of the guilt. And I agree with that a lot. Yeah. But I would say it's the belief that money is the root of all evil and that money causes us to not be grateful and that money causes us to harm other people and to become greedy. It's the belief in that that actually creates it. So we have to really expand and become bigger than that belief yeah. so that we can have a trillion dollars or we could have no dollars and it has absolutely no impact on our self-love, our self-worth, and our place within the universe. Yeah. It can't be tied to that. And so I really do recommend everybody looking at wealth differently and tying it to different things in your life because that is going to then, number one, make you grateful and also let you see that you're always wealthy in something. 
that if something expands, something else has to contract. And if something contracts, that means something else is expanding in your life. So look for the expansion. Why focus on the contraction and then judge yourself? The idea of judging yourself and being guilty and beating yourself up because you don't have enough money, is in, that is in your own hands. That is in your own power to further that or not. And as long as you are beating yourself up for not having enough money, you're distracting yourself from the things you do have. Well, this is the way and this feeding works. feeding into the yeah. negative belief systems. And whatever particular guilt. So let's say that you are a person who has um, suddenly has become unemployed as though, and you believe that that's someone else's idea, not yours. Mm -hmm. uh, and as long as you believe that was someone else's idea and not yours, you're on a very slippery slope as far as your life goes at that point. Um, if we take it into our level of consciousness that everything that happens in our life is our idea, and we've said that forever on this show, and uh, if it is too much for you that you cannot comprehend that what's happening in your life is your idea, then find some other program to look at because I'm tired of repeating it. Because it is what's happening. We are at the point where we do have to recognize that everything that happens is our idea. It is required in order to step out of slavery. You have to accept the idea that what happens in your life is yours. I've told forever the story about being shot and, and then dying and being on the other side and meeting with the guy and realizing the guy that shot me and I signed a contract stating that he would shoot me when I was 27. So I love that man for shooting me because it was my idea. There was never anything to forgive. So this idea of getting a hold of this as a race, getting a hold of this as something you keep teaching your children, as something you yourself have to reinstate in your thinking all the time, that everything that happens is your idea, is the key to getting out of whatever this is. So if you have created your life in such a way that you are at this point unemployed, then accept that as your decision. And then just go to the Caribbean where oh. you can live off of the local trees. They'll give you fruit. You don't have to pay any rent because there's no real weather to, you know, like, oh, a hurricane once in a while. But you can hang out in the local bar till that blows over. You know. It's a good place to raise children like that, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens to kids raised in the Caribbean. I, I'm only they have no half concept joking. that okay. there's anything the matter in the world. Well, I, I think that there was something you had said right before this, oh, about everything being our idea. Yeah. I do think that that's important, and it's a very empowering thing. I remember a, a woman had told me the story of her son, who was in Little League at the time, and he had watched the show with her. And they lost the game that day, even though they had been way ahead for mm -hmm. most of the innings. And then he said, Mom, I know how I created that. I assumed yeah. I won, and I let my, I, I stopped participating in the, in the mm -hmm. game then. Yeah. And that was an extremely powerful thing, because instead of feeling defeated and powerless, he became powerful. And it was but his idea. I understand that. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying yes. to the audience. Yeah. But. Now, I will say this before we get on to the next thing with this. I, I work with a lot of people, and I do interact with people that are, f can find that they have created for themselves this position where it seems like they've gotten laid off and there's no way to get a job because there's a seemingly a million other people that are uh, vying for these same jobs. And I would just present the concept to everyone that finds that they have that 
uh, position created mm -hmm. in their life, that it is also within their hands to create whatever they wish. And if we go into job interviews thinking that there are a billion people and why would they pick me? I'm, uh, I'm washed up or th this isn't even a job that's uh, at my level, it's beneath me, why would they hire me? Well then that's what you're going to create because everything we do or say rides on a carrier wave of what we really believe is possible in our life. Yeah. So you have to <clears throat> at least acknowledge what you believe in before you can ever change it. Yeah, and to repeat for the millionth time, thought creates, where you place your attention mm -hmm. grows. Yeah. And so the one and only thing you have to be aware of is where are you placing your attention? Mm -hmm. And if you were just self-love equals self-discipline, so that then becomes very easy to monitor where it is you're placing your attention. And that therein lies the great human power. And until we get people, and, and the other thing is not to play the blame game, which is a, a distortion of the placement of attention because everything that happens in your life is your idea. If you think someone did something to you, <clears throat> you're distorting that great human power. You are placing your attention on the idea <clears throat> that someone else is creating you and that's just not the way this works. Well, you know, as you were saying that, something else occurred to me. I've, I've spoken before about the idea that we often confuse pity and love and mm -hmm. feeling sorry for and love, that those kind of emotions. So, and likewise, people often think that love comes in the form of people feeling sorry for them, then they've got to have negative things happen in their life, and that's why people hold on to victim mentality. Oh, yeah. yeah. But letting go of victim mentality is a really good idea. If you're living in a victim mentality, then you're locking yourself in a victim prison, and it's not, it's not anyone else's doing. It really is all your own. Well, I, I grant you that to step out of these particular thought forms we've been talking about, to step out of blame, to recognize yourself as the authority in your life, to begin to create, is to not have so many friends, is to be basically in opposition to what everyone else believes, is to step into a certain form of individuality. Now, if we all did it as a group, that would be very different. But, you know, the, the idea of recognizing your authority and then no one, uh, mm -hmm. people won't come near you because you appear to be off-putting. You appear, you know, in this form and you're not. It doesn't work that way. To be whole within yourself, to recognize yourself as the source. Well, I, I agree with that. To be a sorcerer and sorcerers don't have so many friends. Well, I think that there is definitely a stage or the, yeah. the room that you walk through to get to the place, I think it's like growing new grass. <clears throat> you put a fence around it so that it doesn't get trampled before it takes hold. Yeah. And I think in our evolution, it's just like the journey of the fool and the tarot, we go through the hermit phase so that we can get to the place where um, we are so okay with our aloneness and even in the Osho deck it has aloneness yeah. that we're no longer going to hold ourselves for ransom or hold someone else's approval or love, hold ourselves the, as hostage to, to get that love. someone else's approval. <clears throat> so that's why yeah. you have to be okay with being alone. But I don't think that walling yourself in the aloneness eventually, and I'm not saying that you're saying that, but I, I have seen people take it to that direction where then they say, okay, I am so above everyone, and we talked about friends last week, that, oh, I, I, I can't tangle with them, I'm above that area. I think that that is just the same 
as seeking that approval. There, there are two sides of the same coin. So everything really does come into a balanced place. Yeah. So <coughs> let's have some people call in with uh, their opinions well, and uh, I, very definitely questions also. We'll get to all of this, just questions on the subject of money also. Of course, just, yeah. The phone yeah. lines are always open. It's yeah, a, so it's certainly there. someone can pull in. So what else did well, you I, have? I had a, a number of things that I just would like to point out if, sure. it, if there's an opportunity. And if not, it's not the end of the world. But mm -hmm. that money really is energy. As we all know, everything that goes between us is an energetic vibration. So money is a vibration. And it often, if not always, is a direct map of your relationship with love and commitment. If you find it difficult to pay your bills and to commit to something, like buying a new car and being able to pay on it for four years, look at how you are with commitment. Also, our jobs are like our family relationships often. It, is, it can be seen as kids going there and fighting over the boss's approval in the form of raises and things like that. So if you want to look at your work dynamic in the same way and picture it as siblings and parents, you're going to get a lot of insight. And remember, everything comes to bring a gift to us in, in this way. And our, also our relationship with money, uh, with banks, that's a very parental thing. Oh, I'm going to pay my bill on time and you're going to give me a good credit score and then I'm a good boy. And if we start dislodging some of these associations we have with it, we're going to become a lot more powerful. And how you give and receive love is often, if not always, depicted in how you give and receive money. Is it something that you feel unsafe, that you have to hoard and pack around you? Or is it something you give away freely and not bring enough in to sustain what you're giving? It, it really does say a lot. So you can start thinking about your yeah. love and money in that context, and I think it's very useful. I had a pack around you once. An alpaca? No, just a pack around you. It's a round sort of animal. And oh, I just meant those fanny packs. Well, that's a completely different animal. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, true. Money adds energy, and you have never actually been out of energy. You may have fallen asleep exhausted, mm -hmm. but you did manage to get yourself in bed. Mm -hmm. uh, you may have passed out randomly drunk someplace and been of great amusement to your friends, which is why you don't want to get that drunk in front of your friends because you'll wake up covered in tattoos and clothespins and uh, assorted other, um, what we call it, decoration. But uh, nonetheless, we have yet to run out of energy. We sleep on a regular basis, true enough, but we don't really run out of energy. Uh, and, and since money and energy are synonyms, you don't really run out of. Even the homeless um, receive support from people that you know, well, understand. Well, sometimes we choose to grasp and have hold of that energy within our hands, yeah. and sometimes we do not. And this gets back to what you were mentioning earlier. If we make a decision about whether we grasp it or not, that, that really puts it right into our hands and it gives us insight. Well, yeah, about the why idea that it. you are creating, that each of us as individuals creates the reality of our life, it is as though if the, with the invention of free will that God turned over middle management of the universe to uh, um, us as individuals. We are the sovereign of the reality of the universe that is our individual life. That is the way that works. We do have the authority to change things in our individual life and therefore and actually other people's lives as well 
but nonetheless because of the free will. And if people don't seem to get this, uh, football and pizza, beer seems to be a major distraction to understanding this stuff. And as much fun as all those things may be, we ought to at least get the kids to the point that they understand they're creating their life um, and to um, well, then, then create to a different world if you don't like the one you're in. Yeah, and I think that's where, I think a lot of people are aware that they're creating their life. I mean, it, it's something that the verbiage has been out there in books and movies and documentaries for the last five or ten years. But where people, where I think it could be an, even an extended service is, okay, I created this reality, now what? And I believe we have an episode in the archives that I've created this, now what? Or yeah. why? Yeah. You may want to go look at that. I don't really remember everything we talked about on that show, but we did address that. And it's like, okay, if I created this, look at it as if if I created this and I did it out of love for myself, then why did I do it? Don't say, I created this and I must be against me. Always assume that you create everything in your life as something that's an act of love for yourself, and you'll come up with a completely different answer to that question, yeah. and one that can be use, used. In the Protocols book, I talk about the idea of the Teflon Trinity that is in the addressing of that, which is the Socratic proof. We came here in order to evolve, true or false. Yes, we came to evolve. We evolve by having experiences, yes or no. Yes, we evolve by having experiences. Um, therefore, there is no such thing as a bad experience because it helps us evolve. There is therefore no such thing as a good experience because it helps us evolve. Mm -hmm. There is just experience. Once there is just experience without that good, evil cloud around it, it's just an experience. Guilt vanishes. That is the whole thing. I've been reading a book on Between Lives and the, the author or the there is such an endemic concept of guilt in we, the human race, that people seem to want, desire to carry guilt into the worlds between lives, which is not a place that it exists. Well, people there believe be it's no a penance. Apologies. Yeah, all of that just goes away. Once you're there, you're clean. Forget about it. Nobody goes, oh, remember what you did to me? Well, I'm just so upset with you for doing that. No, that doesn't happen at all. Nothing like that. Everybody's, Wild experience, yeah, totally. Yeah, well, I got something out of it, and I'm glad to hear that. You're the dude that shot. I love your community. You know, there, there's just none of that. And it's, um, I was thinking this book would, uh, yes, once again, thought, oh, gee, I found a pinnacle of consciousness. Somebody's exploring between the lives. Oh, that's got to be a hot shot. But no, it's got this taint to it. And guilt is always not thinking about the situation. Guilt is so wired into us that we don't even see it. We don't understand the effect it has wow. on us. And when, does somebody call and answer, when do we give up guilt? And yes, 2012, or maybe by 2013, it's completely gone. But the idea of, um, all right, 2014, there, you're happy now. You know, this, when do we give up being guilty all the time about everything? Money, I don't have enough. I have too much, it's just... Uh... Well, that thing with guilt, it, you're right. It's behind everything that I work with, with people. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. there's a mm -hmm. bottom line of some kind of a guilt, some kind of a thing. Everywhere. And, and 
I feel that we are born with it. It's in the base subconscious mind of humanity. It's, it's in the subconscious mind that we are somehow inherently evil, we are born sinners, and that we have to make retribution by doing these wonderful acts with each other, and then we will be forgiven and, and allowed into the nice place or on the other side of the tracks. Yeah, beat but, you to it. I already forgave me. But it, the thing is, is that it's in the deep subconscious, yeah, so we yeah. have to look there. We can't just go up here and make these fluffy affirmations and assume that they're going to work without going into the deep subconscious mind of all of humanity, the archetypal mind uh, identities that we all are, are tapping into. It's like we all sit atop that. We also have our subconscious mind and we have our own personal experiences that make our own unique perspective on life and it really is interesting to look at this. A lot of people avoid it. Like you're going into some dark Freudian world where there's this evil overlord that's going to chase you with a pitchfork. It's not true. We're wonderful, wonderfully complex, interesting beings. And so to explore your inner world, it's just fun. It really is. Well, uh, when will people catch on to this to such a degree that we don't have to do this? show all the time where where does this where do we get the traction where does the rubber meet the because road because people believe that change is hard and that change is hard work and that it's going to cost them something just like we've been tricked into thinking exercising and eating right and taking care of ourselves and having boundaries is hard work and smoking drinking uh, being rude to each other is easy it's, that shows you that our subconscious yeah. mind makes us think or the subconscious of humanity believes that it's out to get itself and so therefore we all act on that but that's not the basic truth the basic truth is that loving ourselves is easy it's easy to do it makes us feel larger the universe funds that and all we have to do is is believe that and we start seeing it well okay as soon as 2012 gets here we'll we'll get on that right away yeah and that's another thing after about the 2012 ends. after the world ends 2012 is another one of these great myths. Well, Not I that there isn't improvement involved in it, but it will still be something like, you remember the Harmonic Convergence 1987, which shifted the entire consciousness. It did. Uh, it did, it really did. And someone call in with an anecdote about what happened in about 1988. You know, what happened after that shift, because it was a very real shift. Or the 2000 shift has been an astounding shift you know, what, um, never mind the year 1000, which was a pretty good shift, but it still took him 500 years to write the Magna Carta, or was that the Jimmy Carter? I could never remember. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, all of these shifts, and then it takes a while afterwards before you can actually appreciate it. But uh, 1987 occurred in most of our lives, at least if you're younger than 15, I mean older than 15, give or take, you know, where you could register that. You know, um, whatever, day, oh, 87, pardon me, so that's 13, 23, something like that. It's in there somewhere. But, you know, this concept of... Um, there are waves of consciousness, and mm -hmm. I think that is an interesting study to see where it is on the wave of consciousness that you um, come. I usually come at the beginning of a wave of consciousness. Yeah, we're or 10 years ahead of the wave of mm -hmm. consciousness. I, I really yeah. am. It's nothing like good, bad, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I've just noticed that. Yeah. I think it's an interesting oh, yeah. study mm -hmm. because we do have a biorhythm of our spirituality where it's 
really prevalent and we have that honeymoon feeling and we just feel this, the flow of the universe going through us and then it seems like these things come in our life to make us have this illusion that we're, we're off our center, uh, what we would call negative things or stressful things and we kind of go back over here and then we get back into our spirituality. But tracing your biorhythm, it's interesting because I do feel that there is a wave that we come in on. Yeah. Are you at the beginning or are you at the end? Are you in the middle? Are you the one like where it gets turned over to the masses, like the, like the inventor and then yeah. it gets distributed and then copied and everybody has a knockoff on it? Mm -hmm. like what part of the phase are well, you? I wrote The Dreamist 10 years ago. It's just now got around to publishing and it's on its way to being uh, a movie. And it was, it was 10 years before, you know, that's, that was an absolute crescendo of consciousness in my particular timeline. Yeah. So, yeah, so this idea of being more, what is the word, timely, I suppose. Yeah, well, I think just looking at that wave yeah. and, and seeing where you are on it gives you a lot about your mission, so to speak. A lot of people have questions about what am I here to do because we all feel a calling, and what we're feeling the calling to is to ourselves and who we really are and listen to our really our unique voice mm -hmm. not these identities that we set up to seek approval from people or to defend us from disapproval and when you get really in touch with who you are and a lot of the techniques of understanding who you are are things that we offer on the show yeah like tarot is a really good way to get in touch with yourself psychic development Palmistry, the lines on your hand gives you clues. The lines on your face, or the mm -hmm. features of your face give you clues. And yeah. if you look and see where you come on the wave, that gives you a clue. Michael Douglas, who I've always called Kirk Douglas Jr., uh, in a movie not so long ago, mm -hmm. I think 10 years ago, uh, said the phrase, oceans of money. There are oceans of money out there. And this was, of course, a Hollywood entertainment thing. Um, but that's still a, a viable concept because it is the truth of the matter. There are indeed oceans of money, and they do indeed respond to all natural laws, including waves, including tides, including ups and downs, including cycles. And, um, and it, movement, and it has to keep moving. And when, yeah. when the money system runs into issues is when certain people stop the flow of the money. It's like damming up water and it dies. And becomes stagnant, yeah. So anyhow, uh, let me again invite people to call in if you have questions or, uh, we've done so much dream interpretation over the years. That's something that's very profound for we oh, human I'm beings to do. I'm starting us Intuitive Mondays. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I call it um, Intuitive Smorgasbord. Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna be doing uh, a lot of different techniques from the, the whole series of four parts of psychic development and dreams are, are some of that which we're going to be covering and psychic yeah. dreaming and things and, uh, so all that's on the website talk a bit about how you just put up um, uh, oh I am well no because I'm okay uh, but I am I, didn't know if that was I am developing a website that's going to have workshops for, si mm -hmm. for sale for people that are in other parts of the country mm -hmm. and eventually get a lot of well-known people that that can yeah, um, yeah. put their stuff there, but that'll be something I can talk about once it's closer once to Once it's in good complete. shape, sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, money, money is something, too. Uh, it has a lot to do with our feelings of safety in the world, and if you start rooting yourself to different types of wealth and say, okay, where's the wealth in my life right now 
as opposed to where was it yesterday or where should it be, quote unquote, or where it is with my neighbor. If you just focus on the beauty of this moment, then you are, your, your receiver is open all the time. So things are gonna flow in. And as they flow out, they're gonna be replenished. And you can have whatever you wish. Because when the rivers flow and the oceans flow, there's enough ocean or money to flow past everybody. It's mm -hmm. just when it gets blocked up. Yeah, when we get, I just wanted to show this one particular waveform we brought on this evening, which is rose quartz and hematite, which is uh, very involved in balancing male fe female energy. And in a little while, when somebody gets you may a have shot what you of want. one there, that's the, the technique of directing the. <laughs> Uh, at any rate, your wish is their command. Look. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Do you mean this one or that, that one, one or there. both? Yeah. Well, no, the one, the smaller one behind. Just whoop, upset the entire world and get that one visible. Yeah, that's a hematite ball and a rose quartz, uh, uh, which is making that you spiral around. You are getting very it. sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> you are getting very stress free. You are losing all fear mm -hmm. of disapproval and loving yourself unconditionally. And it is and, okay to be who you are. Recognize yourself as sovereign of your reality. For those of you listening, the creator the waveform of the, was spinning back and forth. Yeah, and creating the um, reality of your life. And mm -hmm. that's very much uh, what goes on on the program. Mm -hmm. And the works that you do and the works that I do are all based on waking people up to the idea of the. Uh, themselves, really. Yeah, the command that we actually have of our reality, which um, is argued against by science, saying that reality is fixed. But reality does nothing other than to respond to people's thoughts. Mm. It doesn't do anything else, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the linchpins that this is a television set that we're talking out of. But it's not really because um, it is correct that it's a television. I'm not arguing that. There is another correct answer. It is a form of communication. Absolutely a correct answer. And yet another correct answer it's a is a telepathic form of communication where our thoughts are actually um, being so kind as to model methods of thought, um, model forms of thoughts for people. And that if we would all just spontaneously catch on to the amount of authority we have in the creation of our reality, that we are all indeed the source of our life. We are what's happening, leaving the blame game and moving into, and we've said it so many times, so, so before I bore people with this, because the idea of actually applying it to reality in a real way, yeah? Well, it, I, I was just going to say, you could look at TV as being a thought amplifier or a thought, um, yeah, amplifier. Certainly with that, it's and a thought amplifier. That's, well, that, that's what I was saying. Oh, go ahead. Um, the TV is a thought amplifier, and I was drawing the parallel to the waveform generators being another communication device. Mm -hmm. So rather than a, a communication, it is a method or a vehicle of communication. But the real communication happens the minute it's perceived in our mind. It really is picked up by the other person at that time. And then in this physical reality, we slow that vibratory dot, 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 dash, dash into slower letters and words and 
concepts that fit into this reality, but we do exist in that other realm where it's at a faster communication we do. rate. Mm -hmm. Well, I, w I would also invite people to rethink this idea of um, what everybody is talking about, about our economy. The economy is fine. Yeah. The economy is fine. Money is such a uh, misrepresentation of energy. Yeah. I always thought it was nuts that people that work the hardest make minimum wage. People that work the least hard <laughs> make 175000 a year. That's what it appears. I do know people that make a lot of money do work hard as well. And yeah. people that make less money don't always work hard. That's, that's not really a fair statement. But what I'm saying is that the money exchange is now no longer a fair representation of trade. It used to be. It used to be I would make a hat and say, I'll trade it to you for a chicken. And it's like, well, what about the guy over here? We have to trade here. Okay, I'll write a draft that says you'll give me one chicken and I'll give you one hat. And that's really how the money evolved. But it's gotten so distant from the actual yeah. source of the energy. Start seeing everything you do, your energy, as being the real spending and receiving. And, and get out of the, the idea that there is some limitation of your energy. Because if money represents your energy, someone's telling you there's a shortage of your energy and you, you don't yeah. have enough. But if it's a representation of my energy and my energy in all its many forms is endless, then how could money be endless? Or en how ending? could it not be? Yeah. yeah. I mean, end, end full. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Uh, Here, why don't you just pull a card on okay, the future? Okay, I will. Uh, I'm going to do a card on maybe uh, something that we can all gain from the situation, the world, people, population's relationship with money, especially here in the United States. And I'm going to pull a card, and this is a beautiful deck that is hand-painted with, with glitter and everything from Carol Hertzer, and she does... Um, videos and things like that. I'm going to see if you can see oh, yeah, some of the glitter. I don't know if that's just the, um, there. Yeah, the, yeah, right. yeah okay. there you go. What is so cool is this card has been coming up for me a lot. It's a celebration. It's an anniversary, and it's really walking through the gate. You know how if you go into Pan Kingdom and the two trees there that you walk in between? What yeah. this is saying is the world really is what you make of it. And if we keep validating every day that there's not enough and that we're, we're going to be depleted and not have what we need or require, that that's really what starts happening. And I feel that the earth, what people call the earth changes, are really being contributed to this idea that 2012 is some climactic Armageddon or whatever that a lot of people hold. Mm -hmm. it, we hold the higher thought, and especially as we learn that we create our reality. It's important to sustain the higher thought. We all fall off and get down into that frequency, but when you notice, just get yourself back up. We're all human. Yeah, I remember George Bush Sr. saying, uh, in this recession, and that was the first time I had heard the word recession. Mm -hmm. And it's been there ever since. And therefore, this idea of the recession is a manipulation from the higher money people to make money more valuable and therefore them more valuable. You see how that works. Mm -hmm. I, I believe everyone sees how that works. Well, if that, that upsets you, then stop thinking that way. 
just stop it and begin to think of how well, free and, and how, what abundance that we do live in because we do live in incredible abundance. We certainly do here and it's time yeah. to just be grateful for that too. But you know, we are so, because the world works so much that way, based on our thoughts, yeah. we are highly manipulatable, manipulatable, Slaves. whatever the word is. Because I, I remember just somebody saying, oh, there's a shortage of coffee. Oh, yeah, that was a everybody, funny one, was This it? was like in the 70s. And everybody uh -huh. ran out and started hoarding coffee, created this shortage. And that's on the tangible level, but on the energetic level, it was created too. Mm -hmm. And not that long ago, there was a rice shortage somewhere else in the world. Oh, that was so ridiculous. So everybody here started buying huge amounts of rice, which actually created a far worse problem in the other parts of the world. So when we are afraid, we create. So somebody, not that I'm a conspiracy theorist, I'm really not because I just believe that spreads fear just like everything else and makes you feel powerless. But theoretically, someone could just sit here and say, oh, okay, why don't we say terrorism is going to happen? Okay, now let's just watch how that echo goes through everybody and how everybody gives up who they are. Yeah. Wasn't it Ben Franklin that yes. said, if, if you give up your rights to have safety, uh, give up you, your freedom to have safety, you have neither. Neither one. Yeah, yeah. and it's true. Mm. We, we do respond to fear like clockwork, but that's something we can do something about immediately. Yeah, immediately. Just start writing, I have an abundance of all things. Mm -hmm. Just write that a thousand times. Just write it and it will become your reality. But there are some and things we don't want to have an abundance of, like garbage and... Well, then again, we can't do, you know, that, that whole thing. I, I wrote, uh, for example, everything loves me. I, lo I love everything, everything loves me. And that would include monkeys and garbage. But, but I'm not saying monkeys and garbage are bad, but I'm just saying yeah, I'm just maybe we could say I am safe because we want an abundance to feel safe. And if you keep tracing things to your bottom line, and I'm not, I'm not disputing you, I'm agreeing with you. I'm yeah, just I just wanted to. In. in the early 80s, I heard some great metaphysicians say that he accepted all things. And I, uh, myself and everyone that I knew went nuts because that meant you were going to accept those dark things. Oh, no. There's no dark things. There aren't. It doesn't work that way. That's a totally false premise. Just to, I accept everything. I accept everything. And I'm therefore greatly powerful. Yeah. Well, you rather know, than saying this or that is unacceptable. Right. Well, that's a resistance. And yeah. that causes suffering to be resistant of something. Mm -hmm. But accepting what is and agreeing with it are two different things. Accepting what is and maintaining it, it's th that's not a prerequisite of, of acceptance either. You can still accept what is and then do something about it. Like it doesn't the duck. take your power. Here, Bring comes, on, the here come the duck. Yeah. Here come the duck. Here come the duck. That was a brief duck introduction. Our medley. <laughs> Okay, understanding. Understanding, so you get under your stand on things. We take this stand like, oh, I've got to take this stance that I believe this and this and this. Thank mm -hmm. you, Michael. I believe I this. But when you get under your standing, you really start to oh, see. Oh, that's cute. So understanding. I got exploration, which is the great deal. Exploration is the adventure. Exploration is the 
acquisition of the unknown. Yeah. Exploration is why we came here. Exploration is another reason that we incarnated. Therefore, exploration and evolution are synonyms. Yet another synonym for explanation. Um, yeah, like implore and explore. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very good. Mm -hmm. Wow, so interesting. And we have our callers. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, yes. That, my name is Shalanda, and I'm calling for a reading. Oh, sure. I'd be happy to. Mm -hmm. I'll use my pretty, pretty cards from Carol. Good. And this is called the Illuminated Tarot. Okay. Well, thank you, Yolanda. We'd love to yeah. hear from you again. Yeah. The first card, this is a, a really lovely card. It's a powerful card. The Chariot says that we take these yin and yangs, these poles, these opposite things in our life, and we use it to drive our boat rather than to hold it still and stagnant and, and put the brakes on. We use it to pull ourselves forward. And so it's a very powerful card. Now, the Five of Swords it can be a card like the person is standing here and the people walking off, and it's like there's been some kind of a dispute over these swords. And if you understand the tarot, we know that the swords represent our thoughts. So this can be a card of misunderstanding. And the great thing about that is that, like the swords, you can put our thoughts and our, mis and our understandings and our misunderstandings and lay them out on the table and really talk about them. So if you have a thing going on in your life right now or circumstance where you feel like there's not a great deal of communication, now would be the time to say, you know what, it's not really about winning and losing. When it's about winning and losing, nobody wins. When it's about understanding and it's about letting the truth be known from each of our perspectives, then everybody wins. And this card is actually so pretty with this glitter. This is a person is waking up in the middle of the night stressed out and we all do this to some extent and I would say our world is really making this seem like this is our standard fare at night and what it's saying is to take some of those thoughts that we go to bed with this worry over circumstances at work or circumstances wherever and leave them somewhere else because they you don't have to take those into dream time you don't have to take them anywhere in your head but I would recommend if there are thoughts like that Write them down on a piece of paper before you go to sleep. Okay, yeah, I'm worried about paying the rent. I'm worried about getting the laundry done. Whatever the list is, write it down and then leave it on the list and take just peace into the dream time with you. And then you can take that piece of paper and take it to work with you the next day if you want. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. And uh, again, we have our next caller. Okay. Hi, caller. What is your name, please? Um, my name is uh, Amy. I'd like to get a reading, please. Okay. okay be most happy to, Amy. Thanks mm -hmm. for calling. Yeah. All right. Okay, and the first card that we have, this is a card of boundaries. You can see this person standing there kind of looking behind him. Now, he's had a period of time where people may have been invading his boundaries, and he's at a very powerful place now. It's like, okay, I know my, my point of view, and so often we don't uh, align with our point of view, we align with the personality that's going to get approval in whatever the situation is. So that's encouraging you to align with your own boundaries and how you feel. The Knight of Pentacles, I, when I look at this, I often think of starting a new job or a new job opportunity coming. Something where you are venturing out and starting something relatively new, but coming from a place of security and stability. 
Then the final card, the Wheel of Fortune, a lot of people look at this card as things turning in your favor. All these wonderful uh, things that you had been working toward in your life are now changing and the opportunities are coming to you. So if you have been looking for new work, I would say that um, go into that with your boundaries intact and enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank and you. And we have our next caller. Yeah, we love to hear from everyone and uh, just please keep calling in. It's a very good thing to do. Mm -hmm. Hi, what's your name, please? This is Marilyn. Hi. 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 What can we do for you? Um, I'd love to get a reading from Mary. Okay, be most happy to. Okay. All right, the first card, Now I love this deck because it calls this card illusion, which I love. <clears throat> and whenever we're enslaved to anything, it really is an illusion, and you could see those people enslaved. And often people look at this card as enslaved to materialism or some belief that's holding them back. And I, I really do feel that any enslavement is an illusion because it's all in our heads and we have the power to step out of it. And this is the, the card for competitive encounters with people that are often very fun. I know when I get with a group of creative minds and we're working on a project, we may have a little bit of that friction and that, that speaking and, and it's something that really inspires each of us to work in a different way and more creative brainstorming session. So I feel like that's something coming up for you and don't be afraid to let your opinions be known. Now is the time. I, I feel it could be very successful for you when you do. And this is what I call the happily ever after card. Let's see if we can get some of that pretty glitter. I know you get the gla glare on it too. But the happily ever after, it's when we see what we wish to have in our life and we don't have any guilt about acquiring it and it just happens. So it looks like um, some really creative projects are coming up if you can let go of old ideas. Mm -hmm. And our next caller, please, what's your name? Elena. Elena, what can we do for you? Um, I was just interested in a reading. I've been in um, tremendous transitions the last eight months. Okay, be most happy to. Well, if you, you were talking about transition, I really do feel a calmness now, though, which I think is a very good thing when we've had movement. It's always nice to do both. And they always come together, by the way, that movement and stay, uh, silence or stillness. Okay, the magician, the magician has all the tools of the mind, which are the swords. His passion and his spiritual fire energy are the wands, and the cups are his emotions, and the pentacles are his power to create in the earth plane. And so you really have it all. The things you've experienced have really given you a lot of tools to do what you wish. And I think sometimes your emotion and your feminine knowing gets a little bit, um, let's just say, in, in kind of a head-butting session with your power. So you've got a lot of yin and you've got a lot of yang. And so I think one of the beauties of this card is saying now's the time to just allow them to live in the same place because the world really doesn't ex respect to the same degree our yin energies as it does our yang, but we have to have it. We have to exhale and inhale both. And sometimes people see this card as blocked emotion, but I see it as that moment of stillness where you go inside and you weigh the two poles of these choices and, and no longer one's pulling you one way or another and you are free then to make your decision. 
So to get out of all extremes now and just kind of be within all the changes. Mm -hmm. So thank you. And uh, we have uh, more, more callers. Hi, caller. What is your name, please? My name's Karen, and I am going through a lot of change, and I would like a reading from Mary. Thank mm -hmm. you very much, and thank I'll hang up. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to hear from you. These are little slippery little cards. Oh, and we've got <laughs> the Five of Wands again. And this, as I was saying earlier, is about a friendly competition. And so I, I really feel like maybe this is referring to a relationship or a friendship that you've had that may have looked like there was a bit of a friction or hurt feelings. And it's saying to revisit it and see it from your unique perspective and then see it from their perspectives and, and let it go. Because sometimes frictions, and it could even be coworkers, in the past it just holds us back. It doesn't really serve. But the universe, this opening up, I, you can see her with, uh, with this garland around her, but to me that's like a portal where you really have a lot of things in your hands now. Transitions always bring change, obviously, and when change comes, it's really us defining what that is, and this is a perfect time for you to make a decision about what you want and then open up and allow yourself to receive it. And again, we get the Wheel of Fortune card. It's really yours to write. I, I honestly feel like there's an opportunity. I don't know if you do writing, but I was just seeing a screenplay or something like that in front of me, and I don't know if that might involve like really changing the way you act, uh, the way you relate in life, or to become an actor, or what that's saying. But you might want to just keep that in the back of your mind. Okay. Thank you. And we have another caller. Okay. okay. We're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays relatively shortly, which is here in Fairfax Circle. If you'd like to join us. And uh, we have uh, lots of opportunities for people. And I people. also have two decks that I've created that are online, at telepathictv.com under the tarot button or under the Mary button. And mm -hmm. you can do readings for yourself that are there as a gift to the world. Yeah, yeah. For those that may not have gotten through. And um, what else? We have, uh, we'll be teaching at Sticks and Stones Sticks shortly. Sticks and Stones coming up in, a, in the next little while. Get yeah. the date and post. I what believe I'm doing palmistry you're doing there. Palmistry. And uh, past lives eventually there as well, I think. Uh, yes, I have not planned that, but yeah, palm for coming, sure. Coming down the and line. And I, I am probably going to be doing an EFT or a psychic development class there soon. That will be great. As soon as yeah. I get the description so, uh, down. Yeah, but that'll be yeah. fun right in there in Fairfax so people can come out and see us there. We're and seeing what else we can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so remember, reevaluate your idea of money. And if you do spend something, I, I also notice that people have a great deal of guilt about that. And so you've got to let the guilt for spending go, and then you'll also, by virtue, let the guilt of receiving go, um, you know, bringing new money in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, sending and receiving, basically what we do here. Mm -hmm. And it's the yin-yang, and that's why the chariot can drive the yin-yang. He has a motor because he allows the yin and the yang. If we only have the yang or only have the yin, we don't go anywhere. It's just a stagnant thing. It's not, it's not a real thing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I really do love your waveform generators. This oh, one is really you. stunning. That one always appears to glow, if you ask me. Well, it was our one. joy and honor to take you to the door. Check out telepathictv.com. We're having our fire ceremony this Saturday. Oh, that's true. And um, some other classes. I'm doing my EFT training coming up the weekend after as well. 
So and we'll eventually be having a crystal class, com. which is mm -hmm. a great That's deal coming of up fun. in March. I think oh. I'll bring the Moldavite in to show people. This means wrap it up. Reddits are not rolling. Okay, duck 